what typically would happen if it's a husband and wife that owns the house, let's say only one of the persons are on the house title or the deed, or they only got uh, the loan off of one individual, the spouse and kids live there. How's, how's the housing situation when the, the primary passes away? Then the bank owns it again, right? Right. So the thing is, if you're going through the bank or the, or the mortgage company, and then you get, you get some insurance through there, the thing is they're not looking to protect the client to make sure that they still have a home to live in right. after the fact. They're insuring the life of the client to make sure that they get their money back. So we're going to go get started. All right. So welcome to the Agent Q&A. You got your host here, John. You got Joanne. Hi, you got everyone. Albert. So um, for anybody that has any questions, go ahead, Ray Kuhn, if you guys have any questions. Um, if not, we'll go into our topics. Topic today, it's, it's going to be more into the leads, mortgage protection uh, specifically. Uh, we can start from the beginning. Uh, we'll just start off. What is the mortgage protection? Care to answer? Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of times people confuse this whole they're like, what's a mortgage protection product or what's a mortgage protection type of lead? So it's actually just a concept. Right. Right. So it's not like this is a mortgage protection product. It's more mortgage protection is more like, all right, client, we're, we're identifying the need for the client. They just took out a mortgage or they have an existing mortgage. So the thing is, we just want to be able to make sure we're able to protect them in case they were to pass away, that their family is able to either pay off the home or have enough of a cushion where they're able to maintain the mortgage for them to decide what they're going to do with the home. So we also get confusion on um, when client says, I got mortgage protection through my loan. Right. What is that? So a lot of times when people take out a, take out a loan, depending on the mortgage company, sometimes they require them to get some insurance. Right. This is in case they die. So then, you know, they protect their back end, but then that money goes to the mortgage company. Yeah. So that's the PMI. The yeah. Yeah. Right. So PMI versus a mortgage protection life insurance. Yeah. Right. So what we try to offer is we protect a mortgage protection life insurance on the client in case the client dies, there's enough money from the life insurance to either pay off the mortgage balance or take care of the payments until the family transitions into doing whatever with the house, whether they want to move in, they want to sell it, or they want to go and uh, take out the equity line or, or rent it out, do whatever they want. One more common misconception when it comes to mortgage protection, just I can thoroughly confuse all of you. Yeah. Um, there's also sometimes also the bank offers some uh, insurance, you know, right. say this will this will this will cover you, you know, to pay off to pay off the mortgage or to cover protect you in case someone passes away. Typically, that's off, often just a accidental death insurance, and you know, so it's not going to cover you for a natural cause. It's also relatively cheap, but you know, there's a lot of fine print and asterisks yeah. behind that. So something to to really take note of when when a client says, "Hey, I think I already got something through the bank," mm -hmm. and then just ask them how much it is. They're like, I don't know, like twenty bucks. Mm -hmm. 20 bucks. That's 20 bucks. Almost for sure. An accidental death coverage. Yeah. They'll tell you they got it through the bank. They got it through their credit union. Oh, it's included in their, their plans. Right. And so it's, it's important to, you know, ask the right questions. What do you got? What's on paper? Right. Do you have any policy for it? Um, anything where you die naturally? Those are the, the starting questions we want to have. Uh, Ray, feel free to just unmute. Um, the way our screen is set up, we can't see the text. <laughs> it's so small. Uh, is it a good way to brush? Can you see it? You got some young eyes. <laughs> Get into the yeah, mic. Yes, please. Yeah, Ray, just unmute. Yeah, so the, what I was going to say is, is it a good way to tell the difference between PMI and mortgage insurance, like life insurance that covers your mortgage, is who owns the home after you pass? Like if it's PMI, then the bank is going to own the home that your family lives in. But if you have life insurance that that can 
you help your family pay off that mortgage, your family keeps the home they live in. Right, right. So good point. Good conversation right there. Who owns it? Okay. Yeah, that's another way to, to kind of discover the distinction between whether it's PMI or whether it's something that they actually took out themselves. You should ask client, who'd you name as a beneficiary? Because mm-hmm. the thing is, they would have to make that make that clear to the client that that's during the application process. If they didn't name anybody, that means it's going to the mortgage company or to the bank. Right. And then um, let's go into that part. So let's say we don't have a mortgage protection. If you guys enjoy, I'm saying it too many times. Thanks for joining us so far. That's all I remember. We can continue to share with other people. We, do, we do probably need to redo it, right? Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you guys have found this stuff helpful up to this point, or you guys would like to see some other stuff, please uh, like and subscribe and uh, create a comment so we can uh, cover that next topic. And continue watching the show. What typically would happen if it's a husband and wife that owns the house, let's say only one of the persons are on the house title or the deed, or they only got uh, the loan off of one individual, the spouse and kids live there. How's, how's the housing situation when the, the primary passes away? Then the bank owns it again, right? Right. So it goes back. So so the thing is, if uh, if you're going through if you're going through the bank or the or the mortgage company, and then you get, you get some insurance through there, the thing is they're not looking to protect the client to make sure that they still have a home to live in. Right. After the fact, they're they're insuring the life of the client to make sure that they get their money back. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're expecting money or or percentage of the money. I'm not sure exactly how they structure that insurance contract, but they're not looking out for the client. So for the if the client thinks, oh yeah, I think. I think we signed this thing for insurance when we got the we took out the mortgage. Then the the thing is, you should ask these follow up questions like, "Would you name your beneficiary? How much do you pay a month for that? You know, what company is that through? You know, so if you don't make that distinction, then they're probably operating under a false pretense, yep. in which they're not going to be protected for what they expect. And then you know, this really doesn't doesn't serve the client. So, that, so at the very least, our our goal in that situation, even if we can't help them with the insurance, is just to educate them and kind of put them in a better position to know how they can protect their stuff. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm going into that part, too. It's like if there's only one person on the loan, the bank only has a contract with that one person. Right. And if that person dies, it doesn't matter if the kids are living in the house. It doesn't matter if there's other family members. They're not on the loan. They're not on the title. Right. Technically, the bank owns the house. So what they'll have to do is they'll tell them, okay, well, you get first dibs if you'd like to go and refinance for this. And then so you can make the payments. They don't, they don't just automatically continue to make payments. Right. Right. So if, if the individuals cannot, you know, let's say it's a stay at home mom, well, she doesn't have enough credit or she doesn't have a working job to reapply and get a new loan. They'll lose that house. Right. Right. And you know, the bank or the mortgage company, they're going to take, take that property back put it back on the market. They've collected the money that they got from, from yep. you, from how much you put down and how much, how much you paid. Plus the equity. Plus all the other stuff, equity. Yeah. So for the client that genuinely wants to protect their family against that, you know, this is a good start for us to be able to, to help them at least get them thinking and having that conversation mm-hmm. and at least take care of the part that they, we can help them take, take care of. Right. Yeah. Same thing that happens too. We, we see a lot of stories where, you know, going back to people, relying on the work insurance. What if they have a lot of life insurance that work? Well, what if they get sick? So if they get sick, now they can't go to work. Well, if they're not working, they're not making income. Well, who's making the house payments? So now besides of planning out a funeral in the future, now you're, you're stuck in a bad situation where you might lose health insurance. You might lose your job. You might lose your house and you still got to pay for a funeral. And right. so it's an importance of, of us being able to 
to educate the client and uh, identify the future problems that can happen without our products and services. And, you know, kind of help them either maintain a similar type of lifestyle as they were accustomed to before their loved one passed away, Mm -hmm. or at the very least, give them some time to be able to give them a cushion financially for them to figure out how to move on with the next steps, you know, how to make those adjustments accordingly, because things will definitely change. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of good conversations to have, especially for homeowners that you, you do know, aside from the leads that we have, right? But speaking of the leads, let's talk about the leads. Where can you get a mortgage protection lead? We get this question a lot. Yeah. You get this too from, from agents, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I get the, um, I get that agents are interested in mortgage protection leads because they, they, um, well, they have a, a conception that like it's, it's a better quality lead in a sense. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. well, I remember when I first started, I just want to say this when I first started, Everyone was, everyone was talking about, oh, mortgage protection is great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's like, it's so, it's so easy. And so I'm like, okay, well, that sounds like a pretty, that sounds like a pretty promising thing. I'm like, <clears throat> but they you know, they said closing ratio was higher. They said premiums are higher. Yeah. All that, all that stuff. And then for me, I was like, okay, that sounds really good. Then I, you know, I tried some and then, yeah, I mean, maybe the premiums were a little bit higher because I think people place a little bit more value on, on physical material goods yeah. more than their own life after they pass. They don't, they don't want to think about that part. Mm-hmm. So talking about your funeral, paying for a funeral, all that stuff, people, unless they don't want to leave that burden for their family, they, they have that concept in their mind. They're not thinking about like, Oh, how nice would my funeral will be? How, how much money can I leave them? So there might be a little bit of that, but I think um, the way I looked at it was with mortgage protection, there's a lot of fluctuations in the market. So like, I don't think it was a very scalable type of business for me to just focus on that because there's only a finite number of property, property mm-hmm. available, right? So if people are not refinancing, people are not buying homes, the number of leads significantly goes down. Yeah. Whereas final expense, there's always going to be people dying. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's what I pursued when I first started. Well, for me, yeah, the variables for a brand new agent is just a lot compared to a final expense product or a final expense client. You know, it's very simple when you work a final expense lead. And this is why we always tell um, new agents to just start off with final expense. You're just calling them to take care of either their burial or cremation. All you need is their age, their health. Those two criterias, maybe some uh, bank account information or, or, or their budget to get them their range. With the mortgage protection, we have to assess a lot of things. Okay, what would happen to you if you died? What would happen to the spouse? What's the variable? Okay, well, how long did they just take out the mortgage? Do they have to renovate too? Now they don't have the discretionary income. What's happening here in America right now? All the interest rates are like 67%. At 7% plus the housing valuation is super high. Us living in California, it's an average three bedroom, two bath, not 800,000. So they get a 7% interest on an 800,000. They're paying 45,000 a month. Now we assess their budget. They're like right there. And we got to sell them an $800,000 mortgage uh, plan, which is going to be really, really high. So it's a lot of variables. And that's not even including their age and their health. (laughs) Now you got older clients, just got a new mortgage or, or a HELOC or a refi. And then reverse mortgage, we can get a lot of those from the seniors, right? Right. (laughs) And then you're like, dude, you owe 800,000, you're 60 and you had a heart attack. That's the agent. I'm all like, what do I show you? How do I show you a million dollar coverage where you don't qualify? (laughs) I just had this uh, conversation with a a client 
I mentioned to the guys, this guy was a lawyer and he, he mentioned that he was a lawyer five times. It's like, John, John, I'm a lawyer. Okay. I just want the nitty ingredient. And you know, I got a term policy. I'm 74. I'm turning 75 at the end of the year and it's expiring. So I want to get another term, maybe like a 10 year term to cover my $800,000 coverage. Um, my health is good. I just had a bypass this year, this year, early in January. <laughs> so yeah. So anyways, I'm a lawyer. I just want you to email me the quotes and I'll get back to you. <laughs> I'm looking at this, man. I just spent money on this dead lead. This is a dead lead, <laughs> right? What can you show them? So would you have a lot of frustrations compared to a final expense? Would you have to rack your brain around trying to find a company, a carrier to find a product for somebody? Then you show it to them. They, they tell you, yeah, that's like a thousand dollars a month. That's an extra mortgage on top of my mortgage payment. It's less likely to happen, right? <laughs> Which by the way, what, what do you think he kept saying he was a lawyer? arrogant <laughs> I, th I think i think a partially was arrogance but also i think maybe he was just in, very insecure that he thought maybe we were going to give him try not trying to give him the runaround or trying right. to like, try to juice him a little bit more than than normal i think he he thinks first of all he thinks we care yeah <laughs> so it's, yeah. Like, it's like oh let me just tell him i'm a, I'm an attorney and then this way you know he's 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 going to be like minding his p's and q's and he's not gonna try ripping off I, uh -huh. I think that's what he was projecting yeah, i i kind of agree with that. yeah <laughs> Am I like in my end? Like was what like, I think once is enough to yeah. like express what you do like four times. The best is like when you have like class like, like oh yeah, all my all my buddies are cops, by the way. And I'm like, cool. I gotta do what, do me, what do you want me to do with that data? <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I'm not gonna try to rip you off. You got my license number. <laughs> Just trying to help you out, buddy. You can't help them all, but you gotta look at it from a lead perspective. Um, what's an average cost of a mortgage protection lead? Yeah, so that's that's the thing about mortgage leads. They're they're a little bit more prohibitive, also, in, in the yeah. fact that number one, they're not as abundant based off of market conditions. Mm -hmm. uh, also, they're they're more expensive to start off with, and they also require a bigger commitment. So they're more expensive because when people say like, "Oh, it's a bigger, uh, typically a bigger premium, higher closing ratio," which that's debatable. Mm -hmm. um, premium part, maybe I agree with, but I think as far as average size. Um, but the average cost of a, of a of a mortgage protection lead is double, triple, maybe that of a final expense, sometimes more, yeah. quadruple. Yeah. At the bare minimum, you're looking at $35 to $40 a lead. And Maybe. usually, yeah, usually that's an online type where um, they either market it online, mailed something, and they, they want something off of a postcard or, or a response online. Yeah. But if what's called a direct mailer, you, you pay for a lead marketing company, a vendor. They mail it out, whatever comes back, they charge you. That's called a buy per lead. That's usually $80 to $100 per lead. Right? So you got to understand if you spent $80 to $100, you get 10 mortgage protection leads for a thousand bucks. Whereas if you buy, you know, internet leads for $11, how much more at best do you have? Right. So it's a hit and miss. If you're really great at it, we have, we have people that just work nothing but mortgage. They have a strong belief in it and they're doing great. Yeah, you will dial less. You're going to dial the same people. You might have a higher pickup rate, but you got to understand how to close those deals because you have such a small amount of quantity to close to make your money back before you're in a negative and deficit. And by no means am I saying mortgage protection is not, not good. I think I think it's it's a great product. It's a great um, lead, but it's not for everybody. And you, you got to understand what you're getting into. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. When I first started, I spent 1800 bucks on leads. Yeah, I got mortgage leads. And so they were like 70, 80 bucks a pop. 
Right. And that was back in the days. Yeah. It was back in the day. I got some old ones too, but you know, I bought some 70, $80 leads. And the thing is as a new agent, you know, you're just, you don't know what to expect yet. So you're just thinking, all right, so I'm going to, I have seven, I have a hundred leads. I'm going to make a hundred, I'm book a hundred appointments and make a hundred sales. Right? <laughs> you know, it's not true, but irrationally, this is what's running through your head. Uh-huh. And then, so then like the thing is, as I'm calling them, I'm calling through them. They're like 70, 80 bucks pop. Already took care of it. Not interested, whatever. And I'm like, oh, 70 bucks. <laughs> and then the next one, they're like, oh, you know, not interested anymore. You know, I can't afford anything, whatever, whatever their, their thing was. And, you know, like I tried to overcome it, tried to try to rebut it a few times, but still can't get it. I'm like, 140 bucks down the drain. So I started doing this reverse like countdown. And like, it's way more painful yeah. than if you start off with like some cheaper leads, just, just to cut your teeth, just, just to get some experience. So, I mean, I would definitely not advise. And this is the thing I, I came from 11 years of experience in sales and insurance. So, you know, it wasn't really as big of a deal. I knew the numbers would work, but then it was still painful to start off. Yeah. So psychologically it can kind of take you out of the game. If you decide you want to go, go that route, you know, yeah. but, Look, if you're more bold than that and you you know exactly what your risk tolerance is and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna man up and just be like, whatever, I don't I don't care what happens. I re- I recognize the numbers by all means. I'm not saying don't do it, but if you're still trying to figure out your footing in this whole industry or into sales, start off with something else first. Work your way up to it. Yeah. So by working up to it, you'd want to master final expense and then you want to add mortgage protection to it. Uh, the easier way to get mortgage protection is to buy mortgage protection aged leads. And that's on the Internet Life. Um, um, I'm sorry, the Integr- Integrity Lead Center on the ILC. Yep. You can buy aged leads. It's called uh, one month or three month aged mortgage protection leads. Essentially, what happens is they've already filled out a form. They were either contacted or not contacted or they weren't ready at that time. Sometimes on fresh leads, they just got the house that they haven't even made the first payment. So they're scared to make additional payments on anything. So one month old age leads are great about that because now they've kind of like gotten accustomed to payments a month to two months in. They've already done the renovation if they've done any renovation and they know their budgets now. And so you come and meet with these clients and it's just like another new presentation. But the difference is an aged mortgage protection lead will cost you about like $7 or $9 a lead instead of like $7.75 or $100. And there's plenty of those in uh, the ILC. Um, even better, if you have multiple states, try going outside of California because there are mortgage protection clients with only 100000 in their mortgage, <laughs> 200000 compared to here at 800000 So you have a lot more flexibility with products, whether it's a whole life or a term life or, or, or a return to premium cashback option. The thing to understand about more age mortgage leads too is just that it's been in someone's hands before, at least one person's hands. So the thing is, someone else potentially could have worked it. We don't know how how well they did. You know, I always assume if, for an age lead, it's not not necessarily a bad lead because you could always assume the client, the previous agent, didn't work it, didn't work it very hard, or they sucked. Yeah, right. This is still an opportunity because the thing is, even even if the client, even if the client had been contacted by the agent. You know, maybe they helped them with something, but they left money on the table. Maybe they only didn't cover the spouse. Maybe they didn't cover the kids. Maybe their insurance needs have changed. I mean, there's there's still always opportunity. And, you know, obviously, I hope this goes without saying, you know, if, if you contact an age lead from an, another FFL agent, they show them the courtesy, don't go and replace their PSC. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, I mean, if they're an FFL agent, if they're not, I'd say fair game. But, <laughs> but, but try to put them into a better position if you're going to replace the policy because it's a, like don't go and replace the policy for something that's more expensive, but less coverage or 
it doesn't materially make that client's insurance situation better. Because if you do that, you're also subject to potential replacement rules within your respective department of insurance. So it's got to materially put them in a better place because you're resetting that two-year contestability period every time you cancel out a previous policy to write a new one. Yeah. Um, but I've, I, I, I have great experience with um, age mortgage protection needs. One of my best uh, sales, highest income is from an age mortgage protection need. I did a one month, um, one month lead off the ILC. I met with the client. I sold the husband and wife. Uh, They're fairly old and it was more of a critical period coverage. And we're going to go over that in a second. Um, it was three families helped. And within about a year to two years, the husband passed away and the husband had an annuity that we were able to convert for the wife and switch that over. So I got annuity leads out of that. Um, most of my annuity sales have been from mortgage protections. Okay. Instead of final expense, sometimes the final expense, they don't, they don't have, you know, they're limited on their income. They're on disability. When you're dealing with mortgage protection clients, they've had jobs, they paid on the mortgage and sometimes they have retirement accounts. So I've sold three to four from a annuity needs from a mortgage protection. So I've doubled up. Yeah. I mean, it's not always the case, but I think, a mortgage protection client, that demo might be, they might, they might uh, fall into a certain category a little bit differently than just people that rent. Right. Because Middle income to higher income. Well, there's, there's that. I mean, some people deliberately choose to rent because they don't want to be stuck with that liability of owning a home. But, um, but I think for a lot of people that have a mortgage that, that, that bought a house, they got to plan a little bit more because they have a bigger responsibility. So some, you know, they, they start playing out the retirement. They have, might have money in an IRA. They might, they, probably have 401k, they, they might have, yes. you know, whatever retirement, you know, vehicles that opens you up to the opportunity of doing an annuity rollover. Mm-hmm. So begs the question we got to ask. Yeah. You still got to ask, you know, you will, you will find some clients renting with 401ks, IRS, but you will run into a lot more people saying, okay, do you have anything else to cover your mortgage? Like life insurance, 401k, IRS stocks, you'll run into a lot more people with that. Right. Yeah. So um, it's great because you you will hit like big home runs sometimes, <laughs> and that's nice. You're like, wow, this lead was three dollars, and I got paid like five figures. <laughs> not a bad thing, not a bad deal. <laughs> so, what is a critical period coverage? So let's start off sure with what it is with clients. What is the what's the average age of a, a mortgage owner? I mean, I guess probably in their thirties to. 30s and up, right? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes, so the best clients, man, they're 30s, 40s, no medical issues, easy lay down. Like they have income, they have disposable income. And um, my youngest client was like 27 in Fresno. Um, he had a $200,000 mortgage. So I showed him 200,000 cash back America CBO. It was like 135 bucks. No brainer. He'll pay off his mortgage in like 20 years. He'll get his money back. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no complications. And then you get the the clients there in their 50s, 60s, 70s. You got a client that uh just did a VA loan and they owe 4,000 a month on the mortgage for 500,000 and they've had multiple heart conditions. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, so that's a pretty that's a pretty common thing that the, also another reason why I say people should start with final expense first. You know, get you know, get some experience, make some money, you know, get start cash flowing your business first. Then if you have the disposable income or the additional capital for you to be able to reinvest back into mortgage protection leads in addition to all your normal stuff. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank solely on just mortgage protection because I think it becomes very costly for one. Uh, you might not, you might not get the initial return on investment that you expect. And if you start needing money, you start running out of 
running low on cash flow, then it could hurt your business significantly. Yeah. But you know, I think I think uh the biggest thing as we as we talked about, there's some unforeseen challenges when it comes to underwriting or or qualifying and qualifying a client for someone that needs a mortgage protection, you know, coverage because they could be older, you know, so number one, they, they could have, they could, their premiums could be extremely high for, for, to cover the full mortgage with a term or, you know, a lot, a lot of our clients or not all, a lot of them, but some of them, you know, they might have health conditions, you know, they might have, you know, certain things that, that might be knockouts for them to be able to qualify for a term policy. So in that case, we got to pivot. In that case, we got pivot and we got to use a whole life policy, you know, that has a little more lenient underwriting and then we'll be able to cover them for a part, a small portion of what the actual full mortgage is. Now, the reason why this still makes sense to the client, because, you know, if they have a $800,000 mortgage and then they're not healthy, you know, they've, they've, maybe they've had a stroke, you know, at some point, or they, you know, they have diabetes that's, you know, that disqualifies them from being a qualified for a term. What we would do at that point, then we would have to pivot and just be like, okay, here's what we can do instead. Let's get you a whole life policy for 40,000, 50,000, 30,000, whatever their budget is. And we'll say, okay, this won't cover the mortgage, but this will cover X amount of mortgage payments to keep the family in the house for the next X amount of months or the next two, three years or whatever it is. So your family can make the adjustments and then they can figure out what they want to do with that house. Because the thing is, we had, we had a friend, you know, she, she was a motivated seller and, you know, that it was, it was a nice house. You know, it was worth a lot of money. Uh, at the time, I think it was still a buyer's market, mm-hmm. but it still took like over a year for it to sell. Right. Mm-hmm. So the thing is from when people say like, uh, Hey, you still should get this coverage in place. Even if you can't qualify for the term, sometimes clients are like, uh, I'll just, they'll click, the kids will just sell the house. And then it's like, that's a novel concept. That's a, that'd be nice in an ideal situation. But the reality is you don't never, you never know how quickly you can sell the house or you can sell it, but short sell it and get very little value back on it. Take a low, get, get a low bald in your prices. Right. So, you know, you, you, you can, you can sell them on that concept. This is what we call the critical period coverage or the critical time period. So they say, we can't cover you for the full amount, but we can cover you during that critical period in your, in your family's life after your passing. So they can make the adjustments. They can, they can still stay in the home. They can make the mortgage payments in the meantime. They might miss time from work. You know, they might, you know, they might have to take some time off to be able to, to get the house ready to sell, whatever it may be. It buys them time. Right. That's the critical period of the critical time. Yeah. So the concept is um, selling it by logic because at the end of the day, you can't sell them the full value or the full loan of the mortgage at their age, at their health. Right. So what's the next best thing? So I, I try to make it simple for the client. It's a payment protector in a sense. And it's a, it's a time that helps transition you passing away and then your beneficiaries, your family members, your kids on what they're going to do with the house. Okay. So I give them the three main options. Uh, before I even present it, I ask the, I build the problem. I, I go and ask him, okay, so what's it look like, Albert, if you die tomorrow, what's going to happen in the house? Are the kids going to move in? Are they going to sell it? Or do you want your spouse to keep it? And then they'll usually give me an answer. Okay, if they're going to keep it, how are they going to make payments? Okay, sometimes the spouse will be like, yeah, I get a portion, half of his social security. I get this, maybe I'll get by. Okay, would it be better for you to sell it and maybe get the equity out and go somewhere else? So I'm, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning them to the logical side. So this is the critical period coverage. We'll take care of six months payments. So it's a simple process of, let's say they're making $2,000 a month, multiply it by six, that's 12,000. 
That's the first option, six month payment. Second one is 12 months of the payment. And then third option would be 18 months of the payments if it can still qualify based on their, their mortgage protection, which in uh, some whole life policies, for example, in Mutual of Omaha, they just went up to 50K. Edna got it. It's uh, up to 50K. Um, America's up to 40K. So it's up there. So you give them these three options and you tell them, look, this is going to buy them time. If your kid, for example, if they want to move into your house, they might be renting right now. They might still be stuck on the lease for their rent and they can't break the lease and pay make payments on this. Well, we have a mortgage payment on this. They can keep that. They can get rid of that. Or they have the time to renovate it, fix it up, a little bit of life insurance to cover new painting, or they want to sell the house. It's going to give you time. It's going to buy them time when you pass on without having to worry about making payments on the house. Right. Yeah. One, one other thing you want to you want to drill down on too, because sometimes for the client, they might just think, I was going to buy them some time, then they're going to live in there for a while, and then what if they sell it anyway? So the thing is, you got to make them think about the money that the money and time that they put into getting and acquiring this house. Right. Right. So then just be like, so how, how much, how much, uh, when you bought the house, how much was it worth? Has it gone up in value? Which it's All land. Of it's going to go, it's going to go up in value. All of them did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So then just be like, what, what do you think it's currently appraised at now? Right. So then they'll give you an estimate and just be like, all right, well, here's the thing. Like, you're going to take out this policy so that your family can have some time to make their decision. Even if they say they're going to sell it, they're hundred percent sure they want they, their, their kids are going to sell it. Say, great, perfect. So all the, all the work and time that you put into getting this house and building it up to this value, the thing is it's gone up in value this much. So when you actually sell it, that's how much your, your family is going to receive. So this, this amount of money you're buying is actually buying them the 850,000 or 870,000 or whatever it is. So then you're kind of really painting the picture out for them and, and walking them through the whole process. And you're selling them on the value of what the sale of the house is going to be. Right. The equity. Yeah. The equity and the and then plus whatever profit in this way. That seems like a much bigger value than just 30,000 in coverage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a lenient underwriting in the end. They get protected. Something happens. I've had I've had a sale with the, the um I have a, I had a client in Lakewood. He was like 80. <laughs> and uh, I remember him because it was like the last day or the last two days of America having the the countdown to the bonus, the six month bonus. <laughs> I remember it's like, hey, you got to hit your America bonus. And this guy's eighty; he has a new house, new house. Uh, but he didn't buy the house for himself; he bought it for his nephew or niece. And he was in the in the Navy, so he was a veteran. So he got a zero down payment on the mortgage. He filled it out. I said, look, you did a great thing. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a six months worth of your mortgage protection. In case something happens, they got an additional six months to pay on the, the, the mortgage. He said, okay, that makes sense. And, you know, you're getting Social Security. You got your Navy um, retirement. It's going to pay for itself either way. Got me a bonus. <laughs> Helped out. But yeah, but imagine trying to sell an 80-year-old for a brand new mortgage he just bought that he didn't put a down payment on. <laughs> right. Which is, which is why it's, it's vitally important in your sales process to ask a lot of questions, see yes. what they value the most, and then keep pushing that hot button. Because yeah. the thing is, if you're just saying like, they're expecting to get an $800,000 insurance policy to pay off the entire home, but they don't qualify or it's out of their, their budget or, you know they don't qualify for the term because of their age, whatever it may be. If it's not practical, you got to find another solution and, and just be to, to counter offer by, by saying, all right, here's a critical period coverage or 40,000. I mean, it seems very unappealing if you just put it that way. Right. But if you say like, now what are you, what's your family going to do with it? They're like, I'm sure they're going to sell it. Say, you know, if you want to make sure that they get the full equity, isn't this what you work so hard for, you know, for them to be able to get paid 
the 850,000 or 900,000, maybe it's over a million at that point when they sell it. Yeah. Isn't that really what they're getting? That's the value you're getting. Yeah. So I think at the end of it all, it's, it's, a, it's a different type of closing. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah, because like for final expense, you could probably just close just on emotional sale. It's like, look, you don't have this. Who's going to bury you? <laughs> you don't have this. Who's going to end up shoving out of their back pocket? And then you would let some go if you don't sell logically. How do you sell emotionally when, you know, it's like, I still got the house, <laughs> right? So I could wait next month. What so, changes? <laughs> and that's that's the reason why it's a little bit more complex with mortgage, because if you know, if they're young and healthy, you can sell them a, a, a term to cover all their premiums or to cover all their, their future mortgage. Simple, straightforward. No, no no problems with that. Yeah. But if it doesn't fall into that neat little category, then you got to go next level thinking. You got you to gotta create several steps, Yep. which is why, you know, you got to be a little bit more seasoned or, you know, unless you're a super fast learner and you're super slick, which I don't know, even if you are, I mean, it's still going to take a little bit of time and experience for you to master it. So yeah, I will kind of work my way up to it, my personal yeah. Um, but if you do want to tackle it, I mean, we're, we're here, we're here for help. Um, the easiest thing is just like a final expense is get in, learn how to dial, right. You learn how to book the appointment and get, if you're doing mortgage protection, it's, it's fairly new for you on your appointment setting, start asking the medical questions and a little bit of financial information before you get to the appointment. So you can contact your upline, ask a supervisor for help. And then we would already have a little bit of a game plan. So I'm a new agent. I booked an appointment with Joanne. I would ask Albert, okay, Albert, I got Joanne tomorrow at 3 p.m. And so far, this is what she told me. She owes this much on the house. It's just her. She does have a heart condition. We don't know what it is. Um, this is the medication for it, though. So we would already have a little bit of a, a game plan to say, okay, you're going to sell her a CBO or you're going to sell her a whole life. So at least you wouldn't be blindsided at the end. That would be the, the easiest way for us to help you. Um, any other questions on mortgage? Um, I know we went through a lot, but we want to just go encompass everything of, of what it does. It's a great tool. It's an additional product. It's additional clientele that you, you, know, you can reach within the working class. And aside from leads, we have a lot of people that we know that owns homes. So how do you how do you spark a conversation about that? It's like, you got anything going on with your house? <laughs> so what would happen to you if you, you pass away? You got a brand new house. What about the kids? They didn't want to live in it. Is this an inheritance? Are you willing to lose it? So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I was actually just talking to one of my buddies who who's uh, just gotten into the insurance industry and he's not with us yet. Okay. He's, okay. But he's coming. He's coming. Okay, okay. But um, <laughs> just give me some time, you know, but uh, he, he was talking about, he has a lot of friends in real estate. Yeah. So there were, there were time he was like, he's like, Hey, is there a way where we can, uh, if he refers me over clients then ha- then is there a way that we can, you know, we can capitalize off of that. Collaborate and stuff. And then I was, I was like, yeah, I think, well, the insurance regulations, Department of Insurance regulations, commissioners, they cap how much refer- referral fee that you, you can give them, right? Which is 25 bucks. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, that's what I, I thought it was 25 bucks. 25 bucks. Which is like a bottle of Yeah. You can't rebate. <laughs> mid-level bottle of wine. You know? <laughs> but um, for a few dollars, <laughs> bottles of wine, <laughs> two buck chunks all day. You get a couple of 12 packs of PBR. <laughs> but uh, no, I was like, uh, I was like, I was like, so yeah, there's a maximum uh, limit that you can give for a referral fee. But I'm like, here's the long-term play. I mean, if you're, if he's going to have a lot of referrals, and why don't we get him? Why don't we get him licensed? And then you can just make him an agent. He can write the policies himself and get paid the most. Or even better, if he could still refer it to you. You do the work. You do a split sale, and it's if he, legal. If he, yeah, if he's licensed, yeah. 
But then, you know, so then the guy, so I, I was, I was telling him, he was just like, oh, I don't know. He's like, I don't know if that guy really wants to work that hard. Like that's always kind of been his thing. He just wants to just make, make passive income. I'm like, well, at the very least just get him licensed and let, then let's, then we'll figure it out. Yeah. But I'm like, if he doesn't want to do any of that, then the thing is you're a captain unless you, you go off the books, yeah. which I'm like, I'm not advising because you're, you're yeah. risking, you're jeopardizing your license. When you yeah. go off the books, how do you deal with chargebacks? And that's the issue, right? right? Now you paid him something and then now you want that back. And then you're still stuck on it. Um, there are situations where I've seen it, man. People refer these clients. They got paid, but they got paid from that client too. And you, you paid them. It's a, it's a mess. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely ways you can do it. I mean, we're all clever enough. But the thing is, I'm I'm all about creating long-term win-wins because yeah. I, I want to be able to keep it a productive relationship long-term where everybody wins so everyone continues to want to do business together rather than you can get over on your buddy, no problem, mm-hmm. a couple of times. But then after they figure it out, they're like, I'm not doing business with you anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good connection. If you guys have connections with people that are on real estate, um, they're great people to to sell into the business. Because they're they've already got a real estate license, they could double up. They just get the their life license, and if they don't want to do the work, you do a little bit of the work. Yeah, and just using some of the information that we kind of went over today. I mean, the thing is, when when you have a friend that gets a house, or you know someone, just be like, "Hey, congratulations on your home." You know, I'm not sure what you have for your coverage, but you know, we have some coverages that I'll be able to pay off the home in the event you pass pass away unexpectedly, uh, so your family can still pay off the house or you know continue staying there. So if you're interested, let me know. How would you? Try to do that. Like, let's say you have a one-minute segment on Instagram saying, "Like, you should, you should get a mortgage protection." <laughs> what would be your post? Um, we gotta conceptualize this. <laughs> Did you just get a new home? Well, you need mortgage protection because if you die, the bank owns your house. Yeah, or, so, <laughs> or, or, so, or something like you know, if if you were to pass away and you own a home, you know, how how would your family make the mortgage payments? Yeah, just be like, we have different solutions. Why don't you? You know, we have we have we have policies that'll that'll pay off your mortgage, and if you if you outlive your term, you could get all your money back. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that's it. So, so plain and simple. Um, use your networking. Use your social media. There's plenty of people that you know that owns a house, and there's plenty of people that you've know too that you know they passed away and the house is in shambles. So there's a lot of people we could help. Um, any other questions before we wrap up? Well, I was going to say my, my, from a personal story, my uncle passed away, you know, this is back when I was in high school. Okay. And then I don't think they had, I don't think they had that much left on the mortgage to pay off, but then my aunt didn't want to, didn't want to like pay, make the rest of the payments. And then, you know, we were considering, should we pick up, pick up the payments and should we, my mom was, was telling me, should we buy the house? And I'm like, do we even have the money to do that? You know? And then, and then, uh, you know, they thought it was just gonna be a lot more, but then by the time, uh, by the time like the mortgage payments were were passed due, then all of a sudden the banks repossessed the house, and then it turned out, yeah, foreclosed on the house, and then turned out that my mom found out afterwards it wasn't that much, so we could have just paid off the house and then. You know, just but could you have paid it off like that if he was the only one? Or was the, I think uh, I think my wife was on the ah, uh, then she could have made a payment. Yeah, but obviously insurance. I don't know the insurance situation. I don't want to speak on that, but um, yeah, would have. If there, if there was helped. a clear insurance policy, then yeah. it'd be really easy to pay off the rest and then sell the house and then get the value from that. Yeah. You know? And they probably would have had uh, money left over from their mortgage protection plan since they owed so little. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that's so something they we should do. have definitely, they would have definitely won because. Yeah. That's something that's actually not, a portion of it and not touched on, but 
put it this way, you know, when you when you see a couple, sometimes there's only one out of the two that's really good with finances, right? And if that person passes away, the other person doesn't know what to do. Yeah. That could have been a situation for for the aunt. Right. So that that could be a conversation in, in the, the mortgage possession presentation. Who takes care of the finances? Okay, well, they won't know what to do. What's the game plan? Here's what we could do. I'm gonna be your next backup. Right. Yeah. Right. We're here for help. So. Yeah, I was a, I was a high school kid at the time, so I, I was not insurance 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 obviously. So you get your license. <laughs> I should have done it. I should have got a fake ID. I no, but the thing is, yeah, I I I I didn't have any practical experience to be able to even weigh in on that uh, topic at the time. So I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if the more the more people we can educate now, yeah. if we can get this information out, so people can start like planning for it, even if it's not their us, if they're better prepared. I mean, I feel we've done something positive in this world. That's true. That's true. Save homes, save lives, save a family. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Right, have a good one. Here, protect people. Be elite and like and subscribe. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. If you guys want to subscribe, click here. If you want to watch the next video, click here.